Today on The Girl Defined Show, we are talking about the popular idea, something that a lot of you have heard of. It's the secular, the idea of secular manifestation and girl bossing and how this whole movement, this whole idea, although it sounds really good, it's not actually helping us as a society or helping us as Christian women. And so today on the show, I'm going to take a deep dive with my friend and popular podcast and a new author, Tara Sun. And if you've ever heard, like, think about it. If you've ever heard of phrases like, you are the author of your story or create your own path, you know, create your own destiny. These things, they do sound really good and really compelling. But today we're going to unpack why they're actually completely unbiblical and completely unhelpful. So instead of believing these lies that you can control your life, we're going to unpack what God actually says about really important things like knowing God's plan for your life, how to find it, how to trust him and how to make big and small life decisions while trusting God and staying surrendered to him. Tara, welcome to the Girl Defined Show. Thank you so much, Kristen. I've been looking forward to this. I love you guys so much. And I I think this is going to be a perfect conversation because I know you guys' show and it's just a really cool God thing that it's going to fit if we talk about identity and womanhood and finding freedom in God. So thanks for having me here. Girl, oh, it is our privilege and our honor to have you. And I love your new book. So for those of you who don't know, I said in the intro, Tara is a new author of an amazing new book that just released recently called Surrender Your Story, Ditch the Myth of Control, and Discover Freedom in Trusting Christ. And I love this. It is a near and dear to my heart kind of topic because, as you know, mm-hmm. our most recent book was not part of the plan, Trusting yes. God with the Twists and Turns of Your Story. So similar themes throughout mm-hmm. each of our books of like, how do we actually trust God? How do we know His will for our lives? How do we surrender those unfulfilled longings or the really hard things that we're walking through? And I know you've had your story. I've had mine. And so this is a topic that not only the two of us really resonate with, but I know every woman listening right now, as your ears are hearing this or you're watching this on YouTube, you have something in your life that you're struggling with, that you know you need to surrender, that you know God has a better plan for, but you might be caught up in this whole myth of control, thinking if I could just do more, if I could just change this, if I could just control this, then my life would be better. But we're going to unpack why that's not actually the case and how to go to God's word for truth, how surrender really is the path to freedom. So many of you know a quick nutshell on my story of struggling with some terror. I want to get to a nutshell on your story. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me, this whole idea of like surrender and discovering freedom in Christ, trusting God with my story really happened early in my marriage when my husband and I were wanting to start our family. It wasn't happening. We got pregnant and then experienced a miscarriage, got pregnant again, experienced a second miscarriage, then a third. I was diagnosed with unexplained infertility. And that was almost a decade just Mm -hmm. of so many unknowns, um, no answers. Doctors saying, we don't know what the problem is. And for me, there were some really low points of one, me trying to control and thinking if I could just do more, if I could just research more, if I could just figure out what my health issue is or get to the root of my problem, like then I'll be happy. You know, then I'll find true freedom. I'll finally get what I want. Um, And it was quite a journey for me to learn how to really trust God in those ups and downs to surrender my future to him. Um, It's not easy. And I'm still very much on that journey. So for me, those are some of the big things I can think of where I'm like, wow, God, like your plan has been so different. These twists and turns, I never saw them coming, but you did help me to trust you and to believe that you are good. So thinking Mm -hmm. of your story, looking back, where would you say um, for you, this kind of growth started where you realized like, wow, this is hard and I really need to surrender this story, this part of my story to God. Yeah. You know, I always think back because to be super honest, and maybe you share similar parts of your story, Kristen, because I know we have similar 
like upbringings in a way where I've known the Lord since I was really young. Like from the moment that I can remember, I've been raised in an incredible family that has loved the Lord and it's a blessing. But in the same sense, like I, I kind of became numb to a lot of things that the Bible said because I had heard it over and over again. And, um, really up until I was in middle school or, or about to go into high school, um, life was really smooth sailing. Nothing really went wrong. You know, things kind of came naturally, grades, relationships, all the things. And then um, yeah. I was diagnosed with a chronic illness when I was mm-hmm. just about to enter high school. And that was super bizarre because first of all, you never think you're going to get sick so young. Like no one ever does. Um, And so that changed everything where it changed the way I, you know, approached school. I was bedridden for a while. It changed relationships. It changed everything for me. And, you know, in that moment, you know, you think, oh yeah, Tara would have gotten it all figured out and she would have just started to trust the Lord with it. But actually that's kind of when God started to reveal that I had a control problem because that was the first thing that didn't go my way in my life. And instead of just trusting and surrendering to God, I started to, you know, just try to grasp back for control. And I said, okay, well, my plans were derailed with this diagnosis, but I'm gonna like get back on track and I'm gonna get back to what I want to do. Yeah. And it was this tug of war of trying to learn how to trust God and and not control and learn how to surrender. Um, and then even just with my my college plans, thinking that I had a good plan, you know, to want to go to college and do um, like medical field things. And it's a really good desire, a really good dream and desire. But God called me away from that. And that was something that I never thought He would mm-hmm. do. Because again, it was something good. It wasn't sinful. And that was another right. instance. And I think that was actually the first instance where I was really knocked over the head with it. Like, oh, like I need to surrender because clearly life is not going the way I thought, but I needed to find the beauty in that. I needed to understand that that was actually okay um, from a gospel point of view. And um, so those two realizations really brought me to my knees that um, I had deficiencies and I had weaknesses and I didn't have the ability to control my life. But the good news is that's actually that's actually good news. <laughs> it's actually a really good and freeing thing from Jesus that we don't have to have it all together. So I think those are like the two biggest things um, in my story. So yeah, that's so good, but so unnatural. Like when you talk about surrendering your story and trusting God, I think like in my heart, the wrestle I've had is like, but that's not how I'm going to get things done. Like I need to be in control. I need to make this happen. Like if I don't do everything possible, then things aren't going to, you know, they're not going to work out the way that I want them to. And I think that's definitely, I mean, that's not a biblical mindset at all. (laughs) And it's definitely the mindset that the world has, which is why we see things like manifesting, you know, and like, okay, just calling things into existence and they will be for your future. So you talk about this in your book and I love that you unpack this because it is really popular. And I think a lot of us as Christian women are buying into this idea of quote manifesting, Um, but it's very secular. It's not rooted in God's word. It's not good theology. So can you unpack for us just briefly what that is and why it's not a biblical approach to our stories and our futures and our plans? Absolutely. I think it's so cool of God that this book came out when it did. I know that it's a timeless message of surrender and trust, but we're kind of in the thick of this whole manifestation movement and girl bossing, the the secular Mm -hmm. girl bossing movement. And manifestation really at its core is a secular, non-biblical belief. It's very worldly. It's it's honestly like almost witchcrafty, very like bad spiritual energy and all those things. And it's basically this belief that you can, if you think positively about your life and 
about the outcomes of your situations that you can make it happen by sheer force of will. That's the actual like definition of the person that came up with this that started writing books on this is just manifesting, bringing about things in your life by your sheer force of positive thinking and your will, which again, we know biblically it's not our will, but God's be done. And so this is something that I have to be honest, even I've bought into as a Christian, I don't think that Christians are exempt from this. We can say all day that we don't believe in secular manifestation, but sometimes our lives live to the contrary, that we start thinking, like you said, Kristen, like, mm-hmm. I have to do this. I'm going to get this done. Or sometimes we mistake our talents and our and our work ethic for um, our abilities to control everything. And so yeah, it's basically just this recognition that God is God and we're not. And that when the world tries to tell us that we can do all these things, it's actually keeping us in bondage, which is the sad thing. I think the world believes that we can be free, that mm-hmm. when we try to control that it, it's going to get us to the destination, to the fulfillment, to everything we've been longing for. But Number one, I really don't believe that it's it's possible that it's it's going to work out because biblically we know that God is the one who holds everything, but mm. it's actually just going to keep us spinning our wheels. That's like a mental picture I think of is us trying to manifest and control is us just like not going anywhere, but just spinning, spinning, spinning and not like propelling forward into like what God has for us. So that's just like kind of manifestation in a nutshell. Yeah. How do we work hard? Like scripture has you know, talks a lot about that, like working hard, yeah. not being lazy, um, making our plans, but then trusting Lord with the outcome. How do we find that balance? Because even I wrestle with that of like, even with my infertility, I find mm-hmm. like it's really helpful in the research I'm doing, like yeah. as I'm working on my health and trying to heal my body holistically, um, despite, you know, the doctor's diagnosis of unexplained infertility. I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. I know there's something wrong, but I also know that God is sovereign, that he has a plan, um, that his will will be done. But there's also things I can do to help my situation, maybe, you know, and, and we continue yeah. to pray that God would bless us. Um, with a pregnancy, with a baby, it's still a longing and desire of our heart. So how do we hold those two? Like the surrender and the trusting God, but also like working hard and doing what we can. (laughs) That's the greatest question because I I actually get that a lot. And I struggle with that too, thinking, Mm -hmm. well, there's a lot of stuff that I can do about this, but I don't want to make decisions or moves that that try to take back control. Like I still want to live surrendered, right? Yeah. And so I always come back to knowing that like God has given us free will, that God's will is always going to prevail, but he has given us free will. And so the results and um, the timing is all up to God, but the obedience and the simple everyday acts of faithfulness is up to us. Mm-hmm. So even just in like my instance of, you know, wanting to I can just even think of like when I was dating my husband, I was really young, but I, I really wanted to get married sooner. I wanted to get engaged sooner. I was super impatient in that season. And I tried a lot of things. Like to be super honest, I tried like, I hate saying it, but I like I, I made him feel bad. Like I, I, I tried to bring it up too much and obsess over it and idolize it. And so that was my way of trying to control it instead of just kind of being patient and waiting in that moment. And so even just in certain things, like you talked about your fertility, like trying to figure that out. I have really come down to this idea and this belief that we can move forward in faith. And if we're making decisions, we have a whole chapter in Surrender Your Story actually about how to make decisions that honor God, Mm. because we want to still move forward in faith. And surrender isn't just sitting on our hands and it's not passive. It's actually super active. And so you can have full confidence and full faith that you can make decisions that align with God's word, but be very careful and watchful um, what happens. Like if, if there's, if there's an obvious, no obvious closed door, 
then we need to be able to follow God into that instead of trying to keep breaking down those doors and pushing through. Mm. Um, and so kind of balancing both of those and realizing that, you know, when God says, no, I'm going to redirect or I'm going to wait. And I think just being really in tune with the spirit is so, so key when we talk about this. Um, but just knowing, I guess, that surrender is so active because some people are like, well, I feel like I'm giving up and I'm losing, but yes. it's actually it's actually victory in Jesus. It's so backwards, but it's, it's so life-giving. <laughs> yes. You know, when you think like the word surrender to me, and it, my perspective isn't, it's not this anymore, but like the idea of the white flag of like two, exactly. you know, yeah. nations fighting and it's like the one surrenders and it it is. It's like, we give up, you can have control. Um, and yeah. it's, we, I think that's why we think of it as like a passive thing of like, we're just giving up, but we can right. hold our desires, you know, desires that are in line with God's word. We can mm-hmm. hold those, um, desire those, hold them with an open hand. And when you say surrender isn't passive, it's active. Can you yeah. unpack that a little bit more? Because I think that's a really powerful thing to understand. Mm-hmm. I think of Luke nine twenty three. It's one of the verses that Surrender Your Story was based off of. And it was when Jesus was talking to his disciples. And it was one of the verses that I've read since I was little, but I didn't really fully understand this until maybe five years ago. And Jesus told them in verse 23, he's like, if you want to come after me, so if you want to be with me and fellowship with me as my disciple and keep my company, then you need to do three things. You need to take up your cross every day and you need to, basically that means you need to count the cost. Is it worth it for you? The inevitable sufferings and mm-hmm. Literally, I mean, I know that modern day Christians can face that persecution and even death today too, but I think for the disciples, it felt more real sometimes where they were really hiding and, you know, and just really like fighting for their lives in many ways. I I wouldn't say that maybe sometimes we can relate to that, but Jesus just wanted us to be like, do you know that life is going to be hard, but I'm going to be with you? And then, then he also said to de- deny yourself or to die to yourself, mm-hmm. which basically means surrender, to give up personal control and then follow him. So that is the literal three-step process of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. And that's the same for us today. Mm-hmm. And so surrender looks like actively trusting him every single day. That might be hard for us to hear. I know it is for me too, because I wish there was a one and done fix where it's like, Jesus, help me to surrender today for the rest of my life. And then I'm done. Yes. Um, but surrender is active in one way because it's every single day. Surrender is actively laying down our worries and our dreams and our desires and and not wanting to pick them up and 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 not trying to crawl back on the throne and declare that we're Lord over our lives in control. And so surrender is really, really um, just full of things that we have to actively do in our hearts and in our lives every single day by just trusting Him with the outcome, by um being content in the season that you're at and and being faithful to what he has called you to today that's active um, but then also trusting him because i think sometimes we think well i i don't i just i'm going to wait around for what god has for me in my life but god doesn't want you to wait around because he's given you everything you need in his word to follow him mm-hmm. so I think when we know that surrender is not that white flag where I'm like, okay, I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to wait for Jesus to take me home. I'm not going to do anything. It's like, <laughs> no, like pick up your cross, like deny yourself mm. and follow Jesus because that's the abundant life that he came to give in John 10, 10. Mm. You mentioned contentment. 
a huge word. And I know we each have our stories. I'm thinking of a lot of women in the Girl Defined Sisterhood who are single, longing Mm -hmm. for marriage. They're in that season. Um, Other women who struggle with chronic illness, you mentioned that. Um, Women who are married, who are like me, longing for children, or maybe they're moms already and they're longing for something else. They're just, they feel like they're in this crazy season. They're trying to trust God with just the little tiny daily tasks of being a mom. I'm thinking of the college girl who's struggling to know what direction she should take with her future. Um, So how for each of these women, I know we all have our own and there's so many other things I can mention, so many other scenarios, areas of surrender. Um, How do we pursue contentment when we're in a place of longing? Mm, I love that we are talking about this because contentment and surrender are really intertwined whether you realize realize it or not. And I even personally, for me to be super candid with all of you guys and, and Kristen, like I'm going through a season where I, I'm really trying to be content with our living situation. And don't get me wrong. It's beautiful. It's incredible. Um, but I see all of our friends buying houses and and honestly, not even our friends that are like someone like in our stage of life, they're like older, right? So they've had more time to do all the things and save. So it's not realistic for me to compare, but I've been comparing a lot and, and feeling discontent with where I'm at. And I've had to be really checked by my husband and um, by the Lord to be like, I have blessed you so much here. And there might be reasons that I'm making you wait for certain things um, that are unseen right now. And so to the person who's, you know, maybe feeling discontent and feeling like mm-hmm. God's timing is too slow and um, I really want to control to get to the next season. I just want to encourage you that there is a lot of good here and there's a lot of things that God is working on you right now. Like I love to think of a plant analogy where we first have to grow down in our roots before we can grow up. Um, Plants need to be buried even six inches lower than the surface. I come from like a farming family, so I have all this like farm yes. knowledge. But like, um, you can't just plant on the surface. Your plant has to go even six to eight inches deeper than the soil, so that the roots spread out further. That way, you can grow stronger, and that takes seasons. That takes time. Like you look at a tree, you look at a plant, you're like, wow, it's established. Like I feel like it happened overnight. But like these trees are years and years and years old. And so I think knowing like, and I don't, I think even if you don't believe it, cause it's really hard in the day to day to believe that God is doing something in your waiting and mm-hmm. um, in your discontentment. But I, I would just encourage you to rehearse verses and promises of God over you and tell your heart to believe it. I have to preach to myself and even begrudgingly, I'm going to be honest. I have to be like, okay, Lord, what does your word say? I have some verses memorized. I'm going to say it. I don't believe this right now, but Lord, help me to believe. And there's something Mm -hmm. powerful about, even if you don't believe, even if you're in a bad mood, even if you're discontent, that the truth of God will wash over you and even help you day by day in that. So I don't know, that's something practical I have been trying to do um, in my season of wrestling with some discontentment. Mm, it's so hard to slow down. It's so yeah. hard to trust God with the here and now because our timeline, I know for me, I can speak personally, like, you know, you get almost weary of praying of like, Lord, mm. I've prayed for this for so long. And something that God has really helped me grow in is that he doesn't promise me a yes at the end of this prayer. Even, you know, for me, it's like over a decade of praying for certain things Still, it's not a guarantee that at some point God is going to say yes and answer this prayer 
you know, give me what I'm asking for. This thing that I'm saying, Lord, I see in scripture, children are heritage from the Lord. And he's blessed us with two boys through adoption, mm. which has been incredible, yeah. yes. hugest gifts and blessings in my life outside of salvation and my husband. But there's still that longing of like, wow, Lord, you know, I would love to be able to experience pregnancy and mm. have a biological child. And like yeah. just that whole process, like I still long for that and pray for that. But at the same time, I've had to come to the place of total surrender of continuing to pray for this. And I know a lot of our sisterhood can relate of knowing of just that idea like, God, you don't guarantee this. You don't promise me this. What you promise me um, is that I can find contentment in you. And one of the scriptures that has been so key for me in this is Isaiah 26, 3, which says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. And it's just that I quote that to myself all the time and have to realign Mm -hmm. my heart, my emotions, my feelings that peace doesn't ultimately come from getting what I want from my circumstances changing, but it ultimately comes from God. He gives peace as we set our heart on him, as we trust him, as we worship him, as we pursue him, that's where our peace comes from. It comes from him. It's not something we can manifest. (laughs) It's not something we can force. It's not something we can just say like, okay, I'm going to be peaceful. Like, no, it comes as we trust him, as we surrender, he gives that to us. So how do we slow down walk with God, trusting his timing, trusting the end result, whatever that may be, instead of rushing ahead of him and trying to control things and get what we want right now? best question ever uh, because I struggle with this so much. I, I struggle with um, even just personally, just having such a go-getter spirit thinking, well, I can do it. So why don't I do it? But I had this realization, Kristen, like maybe a year ago. And it was just like, like I was just spending time with the Lord and the word and I was thinking about this waiting idea. Um, and he just spoke something over me. I just remember writing it down. I know it was a spirit. It wasn't audible, but it was a spirit just telling me just because you can do something right now doesn't mean that you should. So just because mm-hmm. we, we have the ability to do something in a moment, just because you are, you know, you have a gifting or a calling or a strength for it doesn't necessarily mean that that means God tells you to go now and do it. And so in the book, there's a chapter about walking at God's pace because we have to realize that when we surrender to God, when we give Him full control of our lives, that also includes the timing of our lives. And we know that God's will prevails no matter what we do, that He um, He is good, He is above our circumstances, that nothing can thwart His plans. We're told that in Scripture. But I also do believe that we can kind of rush ahead of what He wants. It's not going to really change you know, his fixed will, but it is going to kind of change what he wants to do in our waiting. Um, and so mm-hmm. I, I I look at my life and I'm like, I actually don't want to miss what he's doing. But so often I'm so encapsulated by the world and by hustle culture and um, just telling us to keep going and to never stop and to work yourself until you're burnt out. And that honestly, like busyness is this badge of honor. And so I've been really challenged even myself through writing Surrender Your Story about walking at God's pace and learning that patience is actually, it's not a poison, it's actually a prize in Jesus Christ. And um, there's, you know, verses and, and, and scriptures in God's word that tells us that patience is a puzzle piece that God didn't like say, oh, you need to be patient because, you know, I just, I just think it'd be funny for you to wait. Like he had a plan for patience to actually produce some really cool things in our lives. You know, things that like we never, maybe never would have happened in our lives if we didn't wait. Like I think of Joseph's life. I think of, um, 
how he had a promise, just like we have promises in Jesus Christ eternally fixed for us in heaven. Um, he had a promise for his life, but God took all these detours and routes and he had to wait. He had to suffer injustice and pain and hurt and um, all of these things. Um, but God produced his character. You see over and over again in that, in, in, in um, end of Genesis and Joseph's story that God produced his character, that he helped him remain steadfast and faithful. And so I think if you're in the middle of a waiting season and you're wondering if, if it's worth it, just to stop and and wait on God and not try to you know grasp control and rush ahead, I want to ask you if it's worth it to miss out on what God is 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 going to do in your waiting. Is it worth it for you to take control and push ahead, or is it more worth it for you to see um, the sanctification and the growth that He's going to do in the waiting? Because a lot of times that waiting prepares us for what's next. And Kristen, I don't know if you can relate, and I'm sure you can. That the waiting, the super long season of waiting um, for your two boys, um, yeah. there was so much that God did in you, um, although painful at times, mm-hmm. to prepare you to be a mom to them in these unlikely unlikely circumstances. Yes. There's an analogy that we talk about in our book, not part of the plan of like our life for us, our vantage point is like looking through a straw. So like imagine Mm -hmm. holding up a straw and looking around, like how much would you be able to see? Not much, like a tiny little picture of what's right in front of you. But God is the master artist. He is the painter. He has the plan from the beginning to the end. Mm -hmm. He's weaving all things together for our good and his glory. He's not looking through a straw. He sees everything. He sees the complete picture. And so that analogy is so helpful for me just to remember like I when I trust in my circumstances when I trust in my own abilities when I when I get fixated on what's right in front of me I'm completely missing the fact and forgetting yeah. that the God who holds all things in his hands and is working them out for my good my sanctification yeah. growing my character allowing my circumstances my low points my valleys to be used as a ministry then for others um the way yeah. God is growing me in that and remembering that he holds all things together he sees the bigger picture that's the God we're trusting in and it's so easy good. to forget and almost project like our limitations onto God. Like he has the same vantage point mm, wow. as us, but he doesn't, yeah. right? Like he sees yeah. everything and that's the God that we're putting our trust in. It's so good. I think of um, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, one of my favorite verses. I know super dear to you guys and, and and your story and not part of the plan, but I love when Jesus or when when Solomon says in Proverbs 3 that when we trust in the Lord, that he will make straight our paths. And I think that a lot of us can look at our story and think my story is, is far from straight, that there are U-turns and curves and there's bumps along the way. And it just looks like this messy, like yarn ball of just madness. And I just can't see how God is going and make it straight. But I think the really cool thing about when God's or when Solomon says that God will make our paths straight is that we can have all of these divots and curves in our story because we all do, but God redeems them. And to God, it was his plan all along. It was his straight, clear path all along. It's just that we don't see it that way. And I love how you said it, that we just need to trust that God has the perfect vantage point and the perfect perspective, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. even if we don't. (laughs) Yeah. How you mentioned this earlier, but give us a few more practical tips on how we can walk in surrender and and dependence on God on a daily basis. Like, like you said early on in this conversation, I wish surrender was just a one time thing. Like, Lord, I surrender (laughs) forever and ever. Amen. We're surrendered. We're peaceful. We're trusting, but we all know that's (laughs) not how it works. So give us a, a few more practical tips, even what God has done in your life for each of us in our seasons of struggle, the areas in our lives we're struggling to trust God with, struggling to surrender how can we continue to rely on him and depend on him on a daily basis? 
Yeah, I can think of two things. There are so many, but the first things that come to my mind, one is um, a big theological one. One's like a smaller everyday one, but the big theological one impacts our everyday. And that is um, getting to know God. I don't know, you know, wherever you come from in your, in your walk with the Lord, whether you're brand new or whether you've known Him for your whole life, that there is always something we can learn about God. And, and for me coming from a home that I've always known the Bible, I haven't really known God fully until, you know, my 20s, my, my like, into college years, like end of high school, when I really was like, I need to get to know the character of God. Because here's the thing. If you don't know who God is, if you don't know his qualities, um, how he's proven himself in the past and what he promises in the future, what he's done, then you can't surrender. What I mean by that is how can you possibly trust someone that you don't know? Yes. How can you possibly give your life to someone that that you think is a mean, vindictive um, ghost in the clouds and this ambiguous, like, I don't even know if he's real kind of guy. You can't surrender your life to someone that you don't know. And so how do you get to know God? You look in his word, you read from the front of the Bible to the back of the Bible. You read the God of the Old Testament and you read the God of the New. We learn about Jesus Christ who came down part of the Trinity, who is God himself. Mm-hmm. And you get to know who he says he is. Good, loving. We have a whole chapter on this, which I only scratched the surface on characteristics, but some of my favorite things about God and his heart, because the more I've learned that God is truly good, mainly, and that God is truly loving and he's full of grace, that really helps me to surrender. So if you're just like, I don't think I can do it, maybe check your view of God and check how you see him and what you know about him. And then I think the smaller everyday things that definitely are still influenced by that big overarching thing is to practice the surrender muscle. So practice it in your the small things in your day and your to-do list and also the really big things. So even just for example, today, um, we have some friends coming over tonight and I have this goal um, to make strawberry shortcake for dessert, okay? And that's my goal. <laughs> um, but my mom is bringing my son home in an hour and um, I have a few other things to do. He's napping, um, but you know, naps, sometimes you never know. Um, and so I'm like, okay, that's my plan, but I'm going to hold it loosely. Like I'm going to try, but if it doesn't happen, I'm not going to stress myself out because I'm the type of person that if something doesn't happen within my, within my power, I mean, then I start to like stress myself out Mm -hmm. and I'm like, well, everything's not perfect that I just can't do it. And, um, I spiral. And so practice your surrender muscle by even the smallest things like strawberry shortcake, um, to the biggest Mm. things like your relation, like other things in your life. But I really believe the more we practice it, even in the things that seem meaningless, like dessert for dinner, um, actually really helps you overall. Oh, girl, did you need to bring that conviction on my heart right now? That is so good. (laughs) Same though, same. (laughs) It's like, yes and amen. The little things, building Mm -hmm. those, the muscles of surrender it is. It's not just the huge things, but the everyday little things that help us remember who's ultimately in control, who we're ultimately serving, worshiping, whose kingdom we're ultimately building when even the little things don't go our way, realigning our hearts. That is so good. Okay. I promised in the intro that we would get to these like huge questions that there have been massive theological books written on, but we're just going to briefly touch on them. God's will. (laughs) Like these are humongous questions, but I know you talk about them in your book and I just want like, you know, a short answer and then everybody can go buy the book to get like the the bigger version. Um, But it's such like a hot button question, like God's will, how to know it, how to find it. And there are a lot of unbiblical, I believe, sources out there that aren't theologically sound offering advice when it comes to this question. Um, But as you study God's word, um, how do we know God's, we're going to just start with there. How can we know God's plan for our life? 
Yeah, that's the biggest thing because when we say we surrender our stories and then pick up God's instead, we're like, well, then what's God's plan for my life? What's God's will for my life? And how do I find Mm. it? Um, So the first thing we need to understand is that God's will is multifaceted. It's um, There is what He's revealed to us, God's plan for our lives, God's plan for humanity, God's rescue story for humanity is God's word, what He's revealed to us. And there's also certain things that belong just to God that is close just to His heart. And I think when we talk about God's will, we often don't like celebrate the fact that God has given us the Bible. <laughs> We're like, well, why has God not told me everything? Like, why are there things that he has kept close to his heart? Um, and we feel like it's the scavenger hunt that I just need to climb the next rung of the ladder or like God's withholding from me, but we're focusing on the wrong things because God has given us everything we need. Second Peter 1, 3, one of my favorite verses, it says, God has given us everything we need for life and godliness. He has not left us empty handed, but there are certain things because God is God and we're not. And also, I think if we knew everything, our, we, I know we would explode. Like we would literally explode Yes, um, yes. if we knew the knowledge of God. Um, but God's plan for your life is found in scripture. There are big overarching things that apply to me and Kristen and all of us in, in the same way as believers, but there's also smaller smaller things. Like our purpose is the same, but our callings are different. Um, but your callings um, can be, like you can find your callings within scripture, if that makes sense, within your mm-hmm. purpose, your overarching purpose in Christ. So that's, Maybe not that short of an answer, but (laughs) yeah. Yeah, that's really helpful. So piggybacking on that, and then we'll wrap it up here. How do we make decisions that are in alignment with a surrendered life? Yes. Yes. Okay. We did a whole section on this because uh, decisions are really hard to make. If we want to be sought out to and sold out for surrender, um, we want to make decisions that obviously are from that yielded spirit and not a controlling spirit. Um, So we have a section where I give some practical. I'll give you just a few today so you can read the whole uh, whole chapter in the book. But um, when we talk about making decisions, some really easy ones, if you're facing a big decision, whether that's who do I marry or what school do I go to, or even a small decision in your day to day life. Um, a couple things is just really obvious and it's a really good mental question to ask yourself. And is, is it, is it a sin? Is it something that God's word says no? Um, so let's say, oh yeah, like I would really like to move in with my boyfriend and, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, give him husband privileges and things like that before it's like, well, what does God say about that? Okay. That's the first thing that came to my mind, but we know, yeah, we know those things that it's like overarching things. It's like, okay, so if it is a sin, then that's not a good decision for me to make. Some of those are really hard because we fight with our flesh, but that's a really good check. And then another thing, as far as making even a decision about who you marry, about college, um, as as you as you mother your children, whatever that looks like, is to assess your gifts and your callings. So a lot of times God aligns a lot of the things that we we say yes to and the decisions we make with how he's gifted us. So Get to know your strengths, get to know your spiritual um, gifts and callings, because a lot of times God wants to exercise that through the decisions and the paths we take in life. So those are just two things that kind of help me when I think about how I make decisions, um, both in the big and the small. That's so helpful. Tara, thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you for writing this book. Thank you for encouraging me today in this conversation. And I know every sister that listened is going to walk away with some encouragement, but they're going to want more. So where can they find your book? And I'll give the full name again, Surrender Your Story, Ditch the Myth of Control and Discover Freedom in Trusting Christ. So where can they follow you and find you? And then is your book available everywhere, I'm guessing? 
Yes, the book is available anywhere. Books are sold. Um, everyone's favorite place, Amazon, uh, <laughs> Christian Book, Barnes & Noble, all the places. You can also just go to surrenderyourstory.com and there's a um, a free chapter if you just kind of want to get a peek and then um, and then buy the whole thing. And then there's a discussion guide so you can do it in community, which is really fun. Or you can just do it by awesome. yourself in journal, which has been really, really cool for many. Um, but yeah, you can follow me on social media at Miss Tara Sun on Instagram. Um, and then I have a podcast called Truth Talks with Tara and I actually have a really cool episode that will would be like a cool partner episode that I did with Kristen, I think a year ago um, yes. on my podcast about trusting God. Um, so go listen to that one. Go find it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yes, that's right. I can't yes. believe it's been a year. Well, time flies. I know. I know. <laughs> okay. Well, as we close, I would love to just do one thing and this just came to mind, but would you pray for the sisters yeah. listening right now and especially those who are really struggling with something? They know what it yeah. is. God knows what it is. Yeah. Um, just pray over them that they would see the beauty in surrendering their story to Him. Oh, yes. I would love to. I would love to. Dear Lord, thank you so much for our sisters. Thank you for Kristen. Thank you for Girl Define. Thank you for this opportunity to um, sit together, to um, go along this day together and get to talk about surrender and trust. Lord, um, we know that this is hard. We know it's difficult. You you know that too. You know um, that what you call us to is lofty, but what you also promised is that we don't have to do this surrender on our own, that the Holy Spirit empowers us to do this task. And to the one who doesn't feel like surrender is worth it, Lord, I just pray that you would do a work in their hearts to show them that when you ask them to surrender their lives, when you ask them to lay down their dreams and desires and plans, that you don't ask them to do that without anything in return. What you promise is the abundant life that you have always um, proven time and time and again to give to the one that you love. Lord, I pray that you would just... um um, just come alongside us as we learn how to trust. Thank you for your grace as, as we make mistakes along the way. I pray that um, we would all just learn how to trust you deeply, practice those surrender muscles in the in the big and the small things. And I just really pray a blessing over those listening, that they would see the fruit and the reward of letting you have the steering wheel of your life or of their lives and letting you have control of their stories and show them, Lord, like you promised in Ephesians 3, that what you have planned is a measurably and abundantly more than we could ever ask, imagine, or think, Lord Jesus. Thank you so much for your promises and for who you are to us, Lord. We love you in your name. Amen. Oh, thank you so much for being with us today, Tara, and for all of your super sweet and biblical, helpful theology and encouragement. Oh, thank you, friend. Love you so much. Wow, what an encouraging episode with Tara. I am so grateful for her wisdom and just encouragement in this area of surrender. I hope you guys found it helpful, found it encouraging, hope-filled. And if you stuck with us all the way till the end, then you remember at the beginning of this episode, I promised you guys a free resource and here it is. So one of the things that helped me the most during some of my darkest seasons of struggling with infertility, recurrent miscarriage, um, it was actually about eight years into my marriage when I experienced my third miscarriage after years of infertility um, that I felt devastated in one of the darkest, darkest places, darkest valleys, honestly, of my entire life to this day. And the thing that got me out of the pit, the thing that helped me the most is this resource that we created. And it's 30 days of praying the names and attributes of God. And what helped me was just taking one name, one attribute of God each day during that dark season, looking up that attribute, that name, reading the scripture for where that's found in the Bible. And then and then believing it, asking God, help me to believe this is true about your character. Help me to believe this is who you are. This is who you say you are. Help me to trust in you. And 
the more I got to know God, like Tara even mentioned in this conversation earlier, we can't place our trust in someone we don't know. So the more I got to know God over the 30 days of praying through his names and attributes, um, the more I was able to fully trust him and get out of that dark pit um, and find hope and find light and find truth and find freedom in him. So if that sounds like a resource that would be helpful for you, it's just a one-page PDF that you can print up. It's beautiful. Put it on your wall. Keep it in your Bible. You can find it for free and download it at girldefined.com slash God. Girldefined.com slash God. And also, guys, as always, sisterhood, we love you. And if you appreciate the Girl Defined show, please head on over to Spotify or Apple and just quickly drop us a five-star review. Give us some feedback, you know, what you love about the show, any future guests you want us to have on, any topics you want us to cover. We read all of those and they're really helpful and really encouraging. And if you guys want to hang out with us and talk more about this episode, ask questions, dialogue about it, I would love to come hang out with us over on Instagram at Girl Defined and then join us next week for another episode of The Girl Defined Show.